Hello, this is Chaos Radio. Chaos Radio is the podcast of the Chaos Computer Club and this is the first episode of our international edition. This episode has originally been recorded for the 10th edition of the German podcast Chaos Radio Express, but in order to make it easily accessible to our international listeners, we put it up here as well. I'm going to talk to Regine Debati, main author of the weblog We Make Money Not Art, and she also gave a talk at the 22nd Chaos Communication Congress. Okay, so, um, hello, Regine, are you there? Yes, Tim, I'm here. Okay, that's great. Um, did I state correctly that you're from, from Belgium? I'm, I'm a bit confused. You are living in Italy? Yeah, I'm Belgian and I'm living in Italy now. Okay, since when? Three years, three so, long years. So why are you doing this? I mean, why did you move to Italy? Oh, because I've lived in, in several countries, like France, England, Spain, and I thought Italy would be the perfect dream country for me because of the food and the culture. And I had this huge expect expectation about Italy, so I've been very disappointed. But I fell in love with <laughs> a nice Italian guy, so I stayed for him. And But we are going to move to Berlin in okay. April. You will? Yes. Oh, that's great news. Yes. Um, okay, so, uh, but you didn't mention art. I mean, isn't art also a reason to go to Italy? Mm, yeah, um, ancient art, if you like, old stones, it's, Italy is great. But as I'm more interesting, interested in media art, uh, I think Berlin is a much better place for me because, there are, of course, there are media art in, in Italy, but um, it's not as exciting as here. Okay, so you are <coughs> already pointing me to what I have to explain. Um, you are running a weblog, a quite popular weblog, if I may say that, on the internet, which is called We Make Money, Not Art. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> I, I don't know when I really stumbled upon this weblog, It's quite a while ago, but since then I, I uh, noticed that First, uh, I was getting new information that nobody else uh, was blogging about. And then I got the same information because everybody was more or less getting it from you. <laughs> so, and, and you, you have been very, very active in, I mean, when did you start that weblog? A year and a half ago, in March 2004. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty new still, but it's already... Um, yeah, it's, ve it's very active. You have up to three or four posts a day sometimes. I mean, sometimes you're... Even more. <laughs> e even more. So, so I wonder how, how you're doing this. I, mean, I just left my job. I, I decided that blogging would be my job, so I do it full-time. I, I take it as a work, and it's a very pleasant work. It's really my, my passion, but I, I get up early to work, and sometimes... It's easy because I find great news very quickly. So I finish at 11 o'clock in the morning, but most of the time it's not easy. I really have to, to work a lot to find the interesting news. So I'm still in front of my computer at 10 o'clock in the evening. 
And no, it's really, it's really work. Like I also, because of my blog, I get invited to conference. But uh, I go to conference, I try to attend and I try to talk and listen to the other speakers. And then I go back uh, to my hotel room or to an internet cafe and start blogging. And if I have to take the plane at seven o'clock, I will be, I will be up at four o'clock because I want to blog a little bit. It's like, it's like, I really love it. It's, it's like a work. And I know that if I have readers, it's, it's also because they know that every day they can come to my blog and they will find something new. And well, can, can you say how many people are following your blog? Do you have any idea? Um, apparently it's uh, over between 30,000 and yeah, 35,000 unique visitors each day. Which is quite a lot. Yeah, it's, it's not as much as Boing Boing, but it's, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's amazing. I'm first impressed by that. Okay, but Boing Boing is getting the news from you now, <laughs> partly. Yeah, partly. Um, so, so what's the story behind the name of the weblog? That's really what's interesting me. Okay, that's, that's the way the, start, the blog started. Actually, I, I, wasn't, I was working for a new media and, and virtual reality company and uh, had a boring job. And we wanted to, to have our, our own project with one of my colleagues. And so we met that, that guy who was um, working for a communication company. And uh, he was, at the time, was quite obsessed with mobile phones. And he made some art artistic um, application with mobile phone. He showed it at galleries outside of Italy. And uh, yeah, his boss heard about it and he thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. And he managed to, s to sell the, this artistic application to one of the main uh, mobile phone operator in Italy. So we thought, oh, that's great. So we have someone who's kind of amateur, half an amateur, half an artist and half... I don't have the right to give a third half, but I will give it <laughs> anyway. He's also a hacker, and and he's the industry on the other hand, and both of them meet because he has met something with that technology. So we thought maybe we should investigate um, the field. We wanted to have a project. We didn't know exactly what kind of project, but we wanted to invest investigate how artists, hackers, and, and amateurs are using or misusing technology and see if if somehow they could they could meet or collaborate with with people who are selling and manufacturing this this technology and so we saw before before launching a project maybe we should try to document it and know try to see what's happened and and we thought the best way to document it would be to write um, a blog so we were four people in the beginning but the others get just were not interested in the blog at all so i just ended up so you're doing it alone now? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I'm, I was alone, and then I have um, uh, I have two collaborators. Uh, that's, that's pretty new. Like two people who, who are collaborating and writing a post each week or, or more if they feel like that, if they have time. Like this, um, a brilliant guy uh, from Japan who's called. Um, Konami Sinishi, who is a researcher in the University of Colorado, he has worked in Tokyo and also in uh, for the Fraunhofer Institute, and he's, he's a specialist of RFID, but he's quite interested in media art, so he's covering the new media art scene in, in Japan, and I have someone from Berlin who's Sasha Poflet, 
uh, who's studying at uh, the UDK in Berlin and is a new University of Arts. Yeah. Universität der Künste. Um, <coughs> so, so it's starting to, to become a community blog in a way, but you're, you're the main main contributor mm. still, mm. I think. So yeah, we, we haven't really touched on... I mean, did you already... Well, so so why why do you make money, not art? So you, you're... Does it mean your your work you you do not consider your work to be art? <laughs> Is it just news? And and how do you make uh, the money of it to well quit your day job? Um, yeah, I don't think I'm doing art. It, I see it more like a service for like I see um, I meet many students and they they ask questions to me like they say oh I would like to do that and have you heard something uh, like um, similar projects and, and to me it's like it's like a, a database and a catalog of, of projects so if you're a student and you want to use RFID technology in a, in a particular way you go you could go on my on my blog and and there's tag uh, for RFID or make a search and you will see that other people have done something similar so you won't repeat the, the same stuff or you will you will try to you have you will have a base you will get inspired by by something or you will take another path because you will see that uh, other people have explored it in another way it's yeah and it's, it's more like a, a it's a resource yeah it, it's it's definitely a resource for finding cool stuff and if you don't know the weblog i can really recommend checking it out at we make money not art dot com 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 with the uh, dashes in between so where does the money come from? Is it like ads supported or is there no money coming in? Yeah, no, there's a bit of Google AdSense. Uh, I don't know, should I explain what it is? Well, I, um, well, we, we, we can. I mean, it's basically the, the, the well-known uh, ad service by, by Google. Yeah. Are you uh, using it in a special way? No, not at all. It doesn't work for me very well anyway. So I, I get a bit of money from it because I have a lot of traffic. But it seems that my readers are not click monkeys. And many, many of them read me through RSS feeds. So they don't even see the, the, um, the adverts. And then we have banners. We have a bit of ad advertisers. And we are very choosy. Like I, I would prefer to have no money than, than have a stupid advertiser. Like, for example... The blog is called We Make Money Not Art. It seems that if you Google "Make Money," one of the <laughs> the first result is, is my blog. So, so every week I got people who want to advertise on on my blog for for credits and debt recovery, and okay. we don't want them. So we have Art Institute on. Oh, vodka. We had, we had a very very nice campaign for vodka on galleries. So yeah stuff like that and then yeah because my blog is is quite famous uh i get paid to write for elsewhere or to talk um, so it's a, it's a mix of everything i mean yeah. i think this is typical for for many people who are more or less building their their private business around their blog or around their media outlet whatever it is also podcasting is more mm -hmm. or less following the same path and i think i think that's a it's a very good way and it's um It's a good mix uh, because on the one hand you're uh, really offering a service to people who are interested and really can't follow that much. Mm. I, I, I have been very impressed many, many times how much good stuff there is on the internet. Usually if you just browse around, you don't really find it. And it's very important to find the right channel, the right source for uh, people filtering out uh, 
the unnecessary things and mm-hmm. really uh, finding the pearls on, on the net. So, <coughs> so uh, we talked quite a lot about um, how this works and how you're working, but not so much about what it's all about. So uh, can, I, can I say it's about media art? Is this really the focus or what would you define as the, the focus of your research? Yeah, it should be about media art or artists are using technology, but I'm also writing about like things I like. I, I write a lot about biotechnology or interaction design or vintage stuff. It depends on my mood, but yeah, I think it's it's about uh, new media art. But I got a ne- nomination recently for best medical blog. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I thought it was about new media art, but I'm <laughs> starting to have doubts. <laughs> okay, uh, just too many awards uh, out there on the internet. So we talked uh, quite a lot about your weblog now and, and what you are focusing at. Um, you have today. You just uh, gave a, a talk at the Chaos Communication Congress here in Berlin. Uh, the title was High Tech Media Art, or did we change that? I'm What was the title? Oh, um, what was the title? New Media Art of the Trodden Track. And there was a subtitle, which was Artist Misusing Technology. Ah, okay. So, <clears throat> uh, when we in- invited you, you, you knew that uh, you were coming to a Hacker Congress. So, um, what I'd like to know is, what is your definition of, of hacking and what's your definition of a hacker? I know that's not a that's not a simple question, but just like, what's your? I mean, what's the primary image you get into your head when you hear, "Oh, that's the hacker." What are you thinking about? Um, I won't give a definition. I will just jump on your on your last question, which is how I see them. Um, I see them in a very different way from from what I saw them a few months ago. Uh, like I I saw them as yes as the Like, yeah, the people who get to the bank account of other people and can... And uh, I didn't see them really as bad people, but I only had the, the media image by reading uh, CNN or, or USA Today. So I didn't have a very good, very good image, but it wasn't very clear. I, I imagined them like living in dark spaces and, and acting only during the night with long hair. And 
and that's it. And then I made an interview of you, and I, I could ask very, very silly questions, and uh, Tim Pritlove was very patient with me in answer everything, so I had a very uh, different different view, and it's it's really confirmed here. Like, uh, I thought, oh, right, it, would be, it would, might be terrible. Will, will this place be clean? And, and yes, this place is clean and luminous, and they are good-looking hackers. And um, yeah, also, uh, I was quite quite afraid. Like I, w I was going to a hacker congress to talk about new media art. So I thought, oh, how will it be perceived? Will I get rotten tomatoes because they won't be interested? They will say, oh, that's bullshit, bullshit you're talking about. But I just I just found a um, a crowd of very very curious people and very open-minded, and. Um, I've made similar talks in, in other uh, occasions and I saw people just leaving the room because they couldn't understand what we were talking about and, and making questions like, what I, why are these artists wasting money and, and their time? And, and there was, uh, today I was just in front of a crowd which was very open-minded and made lots of questions and had comments and everything was very pertinent so it was it was nice not that much my talk for me but but the moment after when I had people uh, commenting and and discussion starting and and see that they were talking between each other as well so it was it was a new experience for me Well, yeah, that that pretty much matches uh, my impression I, I have from from hackers. Of course, there are many many variants, and it's totally impossible to define a single individual just by throwing that that tag on him, like being a hacker. But in general, uh, this open-mindedness is um, probably the most important thing. So um, there's an, there's an when you say that there's an interesting essay uh, that's quite popular by a guy called Paul Graham who is um, itself um, a programmer, a uh, quite successful programmer as well. And he wrote an essay. Actually, he wrote a big book, but this uh, small part is just one chapter of it. And it's called Hackers and Painters. And he's com comparing hackers and painters and um, basically showing that he sees much more relationship between a painter and a hacker than um, any other scientist, that hacking in general is not a scientific approach but it's more the same approach like a, a painter has when he's painting uh, a picture like applying color here but like correcting it looking it reiterating over the process all the time and um, <clears throat> I think well for me from from my experience that, that really really make made sense so what what might be the the connection between the the art scene and and the hacker scene or what is the are artists hackers in general or can you point out some example where you think these things meet um, okay so they are both curious about the world and and try to understand it and make it understandable um, also I've got the feeling that that there are more points in commons between between hackers and new media artists than between a new media artist and and a contemporary artist Like many new media artists, they don't regard themselves as as artists. Like I made interview and I said, "Oh, in your work as an artist," they said, "No, no, I'm not an artist. I'm a, an engineer. I'm a hacker. I'm a, I'm a musician or I'm a designer." Um, so points in common. There are many. 
Yeah, they're just people who like to put their hands on, on technology, who are not happy with the way it is and, and, and want to change something. Um, but um, while hackers um, made the technology work, um, the, um, the artists have a different perspective. They just want the technology to work even more or less just to get their point. Like they, they won't solve a problem, they will raise a question. Yeah, but they won't make a perfect technology that works for others. Also, they, they do it just for their, that very specific project and they don't have the sense of community of of sharing the what they have discovered with with others of course it's changing because some are using open source uh, method and well that i think that's interesting because when i was looking at media art probably how it was defined five years ago um media well you became a media artist because you were using a tv or you because you were using any electronic device for some weird reasons sometimes i didn't really understand why the object was inside the whole installation at all it didn't really do anything for the thing they were producing at all and um yeah there's one thing i also noticed that, that you mentioned that they're not really Uh, they're not really diving into the technology itself. Mm-hmm. They're not really exploring its um, its inards to to really uh, understand how it works and make something new out of it. It's just more attaching it to something, like put putting into it. But I also have seen, especially on your website, quite a few projects in the recent time that really changed this image. So do you have the the, the feeling that there's a, a change going on? That like hacker scenes and um, artist scenes are gluing together in a way. Mm, not not really, but um, mm, yeah. Not, I think I'm not I'm not um, interested in in new media art for for long enough. Like I came. Uh, became interested in new media art when I started the blog, which is one one year and a half ago. So I don't have the same perspective as as you might have. Um, yeah, I think there's still two separate worlds. And what I've seen today from the conference is that, sh- sh- of course, they should meet. Like I talked with several hackers and said, they said, oh, we can, we know how to make things work, and we are developing some project, but we 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 lack the coolness factor that maybe a collaboration with with an artist could could bring. And um, and also, yeah, there's several several artists are, are real hackers. Like also today, I, we we showed a series of of workshop like the um, workshop um, artists who, which organize workshop and invite people like the men of the street and say come and we will show you how to make um, a key holder that lights up each time you are in front of an RFID reader or they make uh, they help people make wearable uh, artifacts or they show people how ca- or ca- they can make cool and funny things with with the technology taken from from cheap toys and uh, so th- there's some of them really have a hacker approach yeah i i think it's it's melting in a way because uh many people just lacked a certain understanding of technology in general especially computers have been seen by many artists as being something that's 
totally out of proportion, not really related to art itself. It's like a number crunching machine. Mm. Um, well, I, I would say for for the hacker scene, this was always um, no discussion at all. I mean, there's this uh, these famous hacker ethics, this. Uh, Uh, ten golden rules. Uh, there's no good name for it. Uh, it's from the book um, Hackers, Heroes of the Computer Revolution by Stephen Levy. He was uh, observing the hacker scene from the 60s on and he wrote down uh, a couple of sentences that sort of described what he was seeing. And one of them was, you can create art and beauty with a computer. Which by then was a totally radical point of view because computers were these huge garage filling machines blinking a bit but not really related to art at all or beautiful things but more to making machines making uh, industrial processes work and, 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 and calculating money so that was really a new thing and when the, when the hackers came in and took the machines and, and tried to work with them and create things they really focus on beautiful things like the early computer games and just fun funny things also um, so th that's also why the this main central room at the chaos communication congress is called the art and beauty area this is directly relating to this so it was always my understanding that hacking itself is is art and on the other hand i would expect uh, artists to think of their process as hacking mm. as well would you share that I idea? think I think some of them really have that that approach it's like I've interviewed and met many artists and it's it's each time it's a different approach they have different opinion because they came from different backgrounds and some of them as I said are not um, per se artists they, they come they were they were engineers or, or architects so each It's uh, also, I've got the problem with the definition of new media art is that you can put so many, so many things and increasingly uh, an increasing number of, of, of practice and, and people and it's still the same name, new media art. And yeah, the media is no, no longer really new, is it? Yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> As well. Yes, we can add this. <coughs> okay. with uh, Regine Debati from We Make Money Not Art 
And yeah, we were also talking about, um, well, we were just talking about the the way artists and hackers resemble or don't. One one point that comes to my mind is um, that many artists I met have a very <coughs> reserved way of dealing with their own ideas. Many people get annoyed by other people's ideas and calling them their ideas and ah oh, I had this idea before I I bumped into this when when we did the Blinken Lights project and, and so many people were coming uh, to me saying oh you uh, you stole my idea and uh, I had that idea before and I just looked at them and said yeah of, of course you did and other other people before us did as well I mean actually there are a couple of projects that, that have been there before where we were basically doing doing the same thing and following the same idea so uh, and we never claimed it to be anything new in, in that respect there were some aspects of it that were new in that sense there were no other projects that were doing it the same way but it, it was so obvious And one day, even a, a journalist called me and told me about this. Um, was called the, the Turner Prize in in uh, in England. That was given to to a guy who had an installation where there was one room with one lamp, and the lamp was switching on and off. <laughs> 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 and I asked him, oh, "Okay, so what does it mean? Do we get 144 awards now? <laughs> Because we had <laughs> like 144 of them." You found that quite funny. So he was asking me if, uh, yeah, he was talking to me if, if, well, you as an artist. I don't know what really recall what, what he said. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not an artist. I'm yeah, art. but I would. I'm, I'm a hacker. I mean, uh, yeah, but to me, Blick and Line is like a piece of art. You see, it's, it's that there's the, the boundaries are, are quite blurred. Don't really yeah, I, it's it's definitely a piece of, piece of art, but I, I I didn't feel like an artist because my my image uh, of the artist was a totally different approach because they were not sharing, and and they had a totally different approach uh, towards the this idea thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I I think there is no such thing as a original idea because whatever comes up in my mind. Definitely, thousands of people will, will have it had already. Probably they didn't do anything mm. about it, yeah. And maybe there's some other asshole that comes three years later and tries to put a patent on it. So um, <laughs> that's uh, things that happen. But that doesn't mean I have a, have a bad image of, of artists per se. Yeah. What I'm just lacking, uh, see, lacking is um, this, um, yeah, this this push toward uh, sharing things and, and sharing ideas and also sharing tools. Mm. Uh, we, we were sharing our software and um, you, know, you might have seen all these uh, small projects coming out of it so because they were just taking up on the original mm. idea they, they were just taking the documentation and also the code not only the code they were writing their own code as well but this really worked out and in that respect it also worked out for us because otherwise our project would have just ended and that's it so now it's still, still alive in a way which I find very uh, rewarding Uh, as well and also it gives birth to new things that some at some point in time mm -hmm. will get back to us and, and have new influence and that's really something I, I I miss but I don't know what your experience on this is I get the same the same feeling as as you have that each artist is quite jealous of what what he's doing. Like, but one of my friends is Italy in Italy is doing art installation, and 
one of his, his big fears is, is to be copied by, by Chinese. And I think it's, anyway. And also, I, uh, I think one, one of the best things, best way to protect your ID is to make it public, not to hide everything. And oh, I see things moving a bit, like a new very young artist who, who um, tried to open source all, the all their process. I, I know one of them in particular because I, I quite liked his, his approach. There are several um, projects dealing with uh, interactive musical tables. Really, I would say like tens of them everywhere in the world. People are doing mu interactive musical table. And he did another one, except that he open sourced everything and tried to publicize it and invited everybody to use what I'm doing and improve it or Im help me improve it. Or if you want to do... Um, a new interactive musical ta table. Okay, do it, but just don't go through all the pains I had to go through and try to find everything and how things were because uh, you, you've got the recipe, it's here, and just try to do something better. And it's, it's still quite an exception. So let's let's get back um, to to the talk one one more time. Um, uh, you, you mentioned a, a, a couple of, of um, projects uh, in your talk. So um, can you give some examples uh, what you were talking about and why you included it in the list? Okay, so. I was I wasn't talking alone. I was talking with uh, together with Yusian Gesleva, um, and we prepared everything together. And we could have sh showed many many projects, and I think we showed many projects. Uh, but we decided to focus on the theme of the of the conference, which is um, private investigation. And uh, we focused on two technologies in particular. One one was RFID, and the others were technologies of surveillance in general, more CCTV cameras. And so our artists are using it and, and try to give a new, a new meaning to, to these technologies. So we started with, with RFID and um, explaining that some artists, of course, are trained to, to show the dark side of technology. And I, I gave uh, as an example, it's, it's a group called the Zapt. They are from the United States and Recently, they have uh, they had a, an exhibition in Houston, and uh, they were showing a video about the dark sides of RFID. But for the opening of the exhibition, um, they thought that the best way to make people reflect and and to make them laugh as well would be to to dis distribute uh, them a very peculiar box. Like they arrive at the opening and they have the box, and inside them there were huge cockroach. The, cockroaches from Madagascar and they had attached uh, an RFID tag to the, on, to the on the cockroach yeah <laughs> disgusting and they gave uh, one to every person who accepted it and they invited them to, to take the cockroach home and then to free it uh, in their local supermarket the Walmart supermarket the one that really is pushing toward the um, universal acceptation of RFID and to, just to release the, the cockroach in, in the in, in the supermarket and hoping that it would taint the database of the of Walmart. So and, and then I we 
we showed um, other projects that use RFID and explaining that RFID is just a technology in itself. Uh, it's not that bad. So they just show, we just showed projects which were using RFID in a in a kind of in a kind of way that would try to uh, Im improve the life of people. Like one of them is. Um, It's one of my favorite. It's called peripheral needs, and it's for people who have obsessive compulsive disorders. Like uh, they go to to work, and and suddenly they are having cold sweat. They are in the bus, and they think, "Oh, did I turn off the light or the oven, or, or whatever?" And so they have to get out of the bus, and they go back home just to check if everything is turned off. Or they wake up in the middle of the night and, and they just go downstairs to see if the toaster is, is switched off. So uh, it works like this. Next to on e every single electrical appliance, there's a Velcro and it's, it has an RFID tag. And underneath on the, on the electrical appliance, there's a reader. So you just take off the Velcro and by taking off the Velcro, you de deactivate, de deactivate the electronical appliance. And that, um, that Velcro part, um, this, this small tag, you can, you can put it on a special um, bag. This bag is black and it has a, a space, a special place where you just um, put your Your, your Velcro tags. So you are in your bus or, and you feel, you feel bad because, oh, did I switch off the oven? And you just have to look at your bag and you see that the switch of the oven is there. So you don't have to go back home and you don't have to get nervous. And you also, you also made um, uh, a pillow. So if, if you are sleeping and wake up and you are nervous, you just check the pillow and you will see that all your electrical appliance, all the switch are next, sleeping next to you. So we did something similar with, we showed uh, tonight, we tried to show a similar project with uh, artists using um, surveillance technology. But this time, um, we only found projects of artists which were criticizing uh, surveillance or just using as a, as a tool, but uh, no, none of them say, hey, you know, CCTV cameras are great, let's use them more, and uh, they don't make good publicity for CCTV cameras. So, um, Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that's, I find this quite interesting, especially cameras and, and RFID, also in the hacker scene, are you know, a very complicated topic. Because on, on one side, it's just technology, and our general standpoint on technology is that there's always a chance and there's always a risk attached to it. And it's very difficult uh, that if you know that a certain technology is really prone to, to risk, mm -hmm. although there are chances, to get any positive image on it, especially when it comes to surveillance cameras right now. But also RFID is sort of, yeah, very, very problematic area. Um, would you think how artists could or should deal uh, with it and what they can contribute in that, in that context? Is there anything? Um, I think it's... They could raise awareness. Like um, there was one of the projects I quite like, which is called Troya, and Troya uh, stands for uh, Temporary Residence uh, Intelligent Agent. And Troya is a ki kind of huge stage 
that is easily transportable that goes from city to city. And inside the stage, there are interactive installations that deal, that explain things about surveillance technology. But what's interesting is that um, there are also intelligent agents, it's undercover agents. They are just actors and uh, they are not detected as, as actors and they're... they're um, their role is to mingle with the crowd, to talk with people and to try to, to stimulate discussion about surveillance and, and try also to infuse some information, some opinion, hoping that when, when the stage closes and they go to another city, people will, will go back and talk about what the, discuss about surveillance with their family and go on with the, with the discussion. So I think that the their role is in, is important in the way they, they have some impact and they show something very easily easy to understand and to grasp something very very f- physical that the man of the street can can understand you see today give give an example which is a bit i think a bit depressing um yeah we both think it was a bit depressing yeah yeah this 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 project in in the united states called ic and um it's, it's basically it's a map of the cctv cameras around the city i think it was in new york so if you want to go from point one to point b you can check your your program on the pda and it will take explain you which path which route you should take to be um the less possible uh, under the, the eye of the surveillance camera. And uh, you see, it was explained that a friend of, of his uh, tried to do something similar in, uh, in London, but he made it in, in, uh, in a particular neighborhood, which, is, which was Hackney. And uh, the people there were, were just very happy to be under the eye of surveillance camera. They, they quite like it. So it's... it's yeah, that's amazing. Many many people don't really think uh, about the whole context like uh, the hackers uh, usually do. And, and yeah, that's a problem. That's really what's what's pushing surveillance cameras forward. It's I mean, I think it's basically about fear. People are just uh, fearing things that people other people tell them. Well, you are in danger. And, and mm. If we are filming everything, then you are n- yeah, no longer so in danger. And that's simple ready and to works. accept. And, and also, they have just one, the, the, the information is presented in one way. So if artists could come and, and make people reflect, maybe not present uh, another way, but, but uh, incite people to reflect about what, what, is, what is given to them. That, I think that's the role of, of artists, make people think. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the role of the hackers as well, <laughs> to make people think. Okay, Regine, I think um, that's enough for now. Uh, thank you very much for joining me here in our little Congress podcasting studio. <laughs> thank you for having invited me. Yeah, and thanks for your talk as well at the Carl's Communication Congress. The recording of this talk is um, going to be online soon. I can't really say when, but uh, people are working on this. So if you uh, want to check back and see that, um, yeah, we're going to provide the links on our website, events.ccc.de. That's a blog that's reporting on the uh, ongoing 22nd Cars Communication Congress, which goes until the 30th of December here in Berlin. And if you want to check out the work of Regine, it's uh, the web blog, we make money, not art. Dot com and um, yeah I can really recommend it so thank thanks you. again and goodbye
Pop Music.